Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited for today's episode with Dre Smith. He is just like a breath of fresh air and has really great opinions that he shared with us. So I'm excited for you to hear the episode. And before we get into that, there were some great questions that you guys had submitted. So I will go through them and answer. Somebody asked, do you have any insight on relationship OCD? I'd be interested in learning a bit about telling the difference between normal doubts in a relationship and abnormal relationship anxiety. This is actually something that's come up a lot on our Instagram for the podcast. Recently, I did a video on like ways to know if you might have relationship anxiety. Let me preface this by saying I'm not a therapist. I don't have a medical background. I just actually learned about this on TikTok. And I did some research to see if this is a real thing. And ROCD is a real thing. And basically, it's known as relationship substantiation. And it's a subset of OCD in which sufferers are consumed with doubts about their relationship. They question their love for their partner, their attraction to their partner, their compatibility with their partner, and their partner's love for them. Having doubts about your own relationship or your own partner is very normal and everyone experiences them. But for ROCD sufferers, these thoughts can be irrational, unfounded, and detrimental to day-to-day life for them. So essentially what it how it manifests is like obsessive questioning, like research, like, you know, Googling articles, like, is my partner right for me all the time? Comparisons, endless reflection, seeking passion, like thinking that you don't have this passion with your partner, always looking for like this perfect kind of love and creating rules for your partner and kind of like, you know, judging them if they don't, if they don't like live up to those rules. And the common misconceptions about relationship OCD is that relationships don't evolve over time and should always feel passionate. The idea that you find someone you're quote unquote, meant to be with, you can't find other people attractive and getting caught up in the idea of finding the one. So I think that um, the way to know that it's OCD versus normal intrusive thoughts is that the thoughts are very debilitating and they cause like extreme anxiety and discomfort. And no matter how hard you try to get rid of them, they don't go away. It's like you're never not analyzing yourself and your partner and having these conversations often with friends or maybe with your therapist over and over again. I think some examples are like, 
you know, even though your partner's amazing, you can't help but think that you might find someone better. You're like focused on a flaw of your partner, like in Shallow Hal when he was like, her toe is weird. You know, so like that's like a perfect example of relationship OCD. It's like you're you're always looking for the negative. And it can be really hard to find like a, a real steady relationship with it because you're not focused on what is so amazing about like the person in front of you. And it's an interesting thing to to deal with. And I think the best thing you can do is therapy always because these are professionals. And there's um, a therapy called exposure response prevention therapy. And it's when you kind of like voluntarily expose yourself to the source of your fear over and over again and apparently like get through it. So I would suggest that. I would suggest cognitive behavioral therapy, which I'm I do and I love. And, you know, if you're dealing with that, I I think there are ways to get through it. And and I hope that helped. Red flags. Should you talk about them or should you just note them? Someone actually responded and they said I was once told red flags turn into deal breakers if not acknowledged. And I couldn't agree more. I think that if something is a red flag, like for example, someone submitted that their partner is always like, oh, just forget about it. You'll be fine when they have a problem. Like, is that a red flag or a deal breaker? I think it's a red flag. But if you never brought that up and you never move past that with your partner, that will 100% become a deal breaker. If you don't feel like you're having sex enough with your partner that's a red flag. But if you don't bring that up, it will become a deal breaker. Like these things will become bigger issues. They'll become like elephants in the room, which is not good. So I would say always talk about red flags. And also I actually posted this week, I was just like sitting here and I was reflecting on past relationships and I got kind of like triggered by certain things that I allowed in relationships in the past that were for sure red flags, but I didn't see them in the moment. And it was like little things. And by the way, it's like just because they were red flags to me doesn't mean they're red flags to you. But it was like a partner not texting me when they landed. A partner, you know, what were my, what was my list? Let me see if I can find it. But it was just like, you know, things that I have gone through that I might not have realized were red flags. Like they didn't like to take pictures together. They still had their dating apps when we were official. Like they didn't want to define things after a few months. We had different music tastes, but like they hated mine and they didn't want to listen to mine. And I think like not friendly to strangers or rude to their mom. Uh, controlling, like I had a partner once who controlled what I ate. Like he wanted me to eat a, like to have a smoothie every morning and like would make it for me. It was like, you know, in um, 50 Shades of Grey when he like feeds her, like it was that kind of vibe. And it was really weird. And it was because like he wanted me to look a certain way, which is not okay. Like, and I think the most important one on this list that I wrote is like refusing to better themselves in therapy. Like I had a partner who I really wanted to, like he had so many issues with his family and like things that he never kind of resolved and he just wouldn't go to therapy. And ultimately, like it was a big part of the reason we broke up. And I think that, you know, if it's not like if your partner wants you to do something and it's not like something that is detrimental or could create like an issue for you, you know what I mean? Like if it's something like, 
that you can actually better yourself from, like do it. If they're trying to control what you eat, don't do that. If they're trying to, you know, tell you you need to stop smoking cigarettes, maybe be open to it, you know? So I think it's really important. And we're actually going to have a guest coming on in a few weeks and kind of go over like real, like breakdown, like what are red flags like you wouldn't even think about versus deal breakers. I honestly can't believe it's December 6th. Like where the fuck has the year gone? It makes zero sense. But for some reason, here we are and we're like very close to the holidays. Whatever you celebrate, Hanukkah, Christmas, Kwanzaa, nothing at all. And you just love the holidays. It's so important to actually be thoughtful in your gift giving. Like I can't tell you how many times I got socks. And by the way, I love socks. Like don't get me wrong. I think that it's important to, you know, have a more personalized gift for someone. And that's why I'm so obsessed with Majuri. And I can't wait to gift some of my friends and myself some really nice fine jewelry for every day. Because for me, I feel like you should be able to wear jewelry and feel nice about yourself every day. Like it's not just for special occasions. And you deserve it. Like you've been working hard. We're in a pandemic. You need a gift for yourself. Like don't make excuses. When was the last time you bought yourself something really, really nice? And it can also make you feel good about getting dressed up this holiday season. Like you have great pieces to pair with your little holiday outfits. So for you guys, I am giving you 10% off your first order with Majuri. Majuri has supported this podcast and made it possible for like at least a year at this point. And I really want you to support Majuri and support yourself and making your neck a little more beautiful or your, you know, your hands wherever you're getting your jewelry and putting it. They also have astrology related jewelry. So like what could be better than having a Libra bracelet or a Virgo ring or an Aquarius earring? Like whatever it is, you can do it and you can rock it. You will get 10% off your first order if you go to majuri.com slash Acme. That's M-E-J-U-R-I dot com slash Acme for 10% off your first order. And tag me in your Majuri jewelry picks because I would love to see them. Majuri.com slash Acme, 10% off your first order. Hi, I'm Dom Roberts, a designer, creative, and activist living in Los Angeles. This is The Uncomfortable Podcast, a show where I speak with new friends, fellow activists, and guests all united and passionate about different injustices or just generally uncomfortable topics. It's time to dig deep into the human experience, and that's on period. It's all love. Let's get uncomfortable. Somebody said, can you please talk about knowing how to differentiate between what can be worked on and improved in a partner versus what is just who they are and is you trying to change that person? Such an amazing question. And, you know, I wish my therapist was here so we could discuss it in depth. But basically, I think that like what can be worked on is more like communication issues and figuring out you know, like how you can communicate better with your partner, what you want to hear when you say X, Y, and Z, what 
you know, like, like my boyfriend loves to say like, you look really pretty and it's so nice, obviously. But I said to him the other day, I was like, I want to say, like, I want to hear like, you look beautiful. And he's like, but I say that too. And I say that all the time. And I'm like, I know, but like, I don't like really pretty. And like, that's so crazy of me, but like, whatever, that's what I want to hear. And so now he like, says beautiful more. It's like these silly things, you know, those things you can change. Like you can change like their style. You can go shopping together, like surface things, but you can't change. You can't change their personality. You can't change if they're not warm, like they're not going to become warm all of a sudden. If they don't respect their parents, they're not going to all of a sudden respect their parents. Like you can't really change their values. You can change their hobbies and interests. Not that you would, you should, but you can't change their like intrinsic values that they have inside them. Like that's who they are. And they, if you don't like that, like you need to keep it moving. Okay. I, also, I just want to note that right now I'm at my parents and my boyfriend's in the city and we took like a few days just to like be apart, which is something like I talked about on the last episode. And it's actually so nice and it's so great to be able to miss each other. So if you have the opportunity to be apart from a partner in quarantine and kind of do it safely, whether like your parents are nearby or, you know, staying with a friend who is in your bubble, like... I highly suggest it. I had asked people what they do to have space from their partner and everyone's like, take a walk. And like, that just wasn't real space for me. So I think this has been really nice and I'm excited to see him when I get back. Somebody asked to talk about the benefits, like the health, mental health benefits of exercise because I've been exercising a lot more. And I say it's for my mental health, which it is, but I haven't really explained that. So when you exercise, it's actually a natural and effective anti-anxiety treatment. It physically relieves tension and stress and it boosts your physical and mental energy. And I swear to God, this is true because I did berries this morning and I'm like bouncing off the walls and I have my period. So like that does not happen. And I know that it's because I exercised and it takes away stress. It actually helps you focus and you get a sharper memory because the same endorphins that make you feel better from exercising actually help you concentrate and feel mentally sharp. You get higher self-esteem. That's like obvious. And that's more, you know, maybe it's physical, but it really like makes you feel good about yourself. Like little small goals and achieving them. It truly makes you feel good. It helps you sleep better. This is a huge thing for me. Like when I don't exercise one day, which is totally fine, by the way, I just sleep like shit. Like I just don't sleep well. And when I exercise, I get so much more tired at night. Like even if it's like a little yoga or like stretching, you will sleep better. And I just feel like, and and this one's on the list, so it's not just what I feel, but it creates stronger resilience. So like you can cope in healthier ways as opposed to resorting to like alcohol or drugs or negative behaviors. Like if you're feeling stressed, like go for a run. And I feel like that's such a better option for you. Um, Someone said everyone's having a baby. Yes, everyone is having a baby. I'm not even kidding you. Seven people that I know well are pregnant, including two of my best friends. And like, yeah, everyone's having a baby. I saw a TikTok about like COVID babies coming and like a delivery nurse being like, welcome, we've been waiting for you since March. And it's just really funny. I mean, everyone's having a baby and I'm so happy for them. And when I'm ready to have a baby, hopefully I will have a baby too. Knock on wood. 
I'm definitely going over and I really want you to listen to this episode with Dre. So I'm just going to answer like two more. Um, oh, feeling depressed during the holidays. So we just, I just did a TikTok on this, but essentially ways to not feel depressed during the holidays or like to get out and move your body. Um, you know, going back to mental health and exercise, Another way is to limit your alcohol intake. It actually is a depressant and it makes you more sad than happy. And hang out with friends that have good vibes and do something service related for the world. Like it's always so important to put things in perspective. And I feel like that's a huge, huge part of, of like feeling good. You live with your significant other. Is it a red flag if they still watch porn regularly or totally normal? I think if they're doing it because like maybe they're horny and you're not in the mood, then that's fine. If they're doing it like on top of having regular sex, it might be a kind of sign of like a porn addiction, but I don't know. Try to maybe see if like they'd be open to doing that with you and sharing that with you as opposed to it just being their own thing or maybe like explore what like triggers their need to to watch porn and stuff. Um, okay. There's so many other great questions, but I'm going to answer them on the next solo. And I hope you enjoy this episode with Dre. On that same topic of porn that we were talking about in the solo, I got a question this week that was like, is it a red flag? It was actually from a man. And he said, is it a red flag if your partner, aka I think he was talking about himself, um, pays for porn. I think it was like, he was like, it's only $4.75 a month, whatever. And I was like, that's a great question. And I was reading it with my boyfriend and I was like, is this a red flag? And he was like, yeah, that seems like a red flag. And then I thought about it more and I was like, you know what? First of all, it's supporting the sex worker industry, which is amazing. And also like, let's normalize paying for porn, you know, like paying for something that gives you mental and physical stimulation, which is completely natural and supporting your sexual health. Like that is amazing. And I feel like the best like kind of intimate thing to pay for is something like Dipsy, which you've heard me mention before. It's an audio app full of short, sexy stories and guided sessions that are designed to turn you on and help you get in touch with yourself. Like what could be better? The stories are really relatable and immersive. So you honestly feel like you're right there. And like, you are that person in the story. There's new content every week. So if you're like, you know, you can listen to like on a hike with a stranger and then like it gets kind of crazy or like getting closer with your Pilates instructor or like rock climbing with the crush that you have at work, whatever it might be. There's so many stories. And even though I think it's so important to pay for this stuff, we are offering you a 30-day free trial. And you're going to love it so much, you're probably going to want to pay for it after. So all you have to do is go to dipcstories.com slash Acme and you'll get a 30-day free trial. D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash Acme. That's a 30-day free trial. When you go to dipcstories.com slash Acme, support them, support the podcast and support your sexual health. All right, back to Dre. 
Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm so excited to be here with dating and relationship expert, Dre Smith. Hey, Dre. Hello, how are you doing today? I'm good, I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. Busy, but doing good. Busy is always a good thing. So Dre, how old are you and where are you from? I'm 26 years old and I'm from Prince George's County, Maryland. Awesome. Wow, you're such a, a youngin. I, I feel am. like we need to we need to dissect this. How does a 26-year-old <laughs> become a dating and relationship expert? Oh, uh, well, first my parents are counselors as well, or they do like dating and relationship, well, pretty much marriage counseling. So I think from a very young age, I was able to get a lot of insight and knowledge on relationships and how they should work and how to handle them. But also I think that you it's effective sometimes to hear a younger voice if you're like 26 to hear somebody your age that's going through things um, that can relate a little bit better than maybe somebody with a little bit more experience who maybe like 45 or 50. So really, I just take what I know and take what I've been through and then try to share it with the people who are looking for advice. Awesome. And what is your current relationship status? I am engaged only because of COVID. Oh. I should be married right now. Congratulations. I thought you were going to say I'm only engaged because of COVID because oh, no. I had no choice. I couldn't meet anyone else. So I was just like, let's lock it down. Um, no. That's really cute. So how did you and your partner meet? We met through mutual friends, actually. Mutual friends. Okay. Uh, and I have to ask... Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no. The, the, the girl who introduced us told my fiance that God just showed her her husband. So I guess... Maybe we got to oh. get her on because she has some type of powers, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. And I want to get back into that, just kind of like religion when it comes to dating. And mm -hmm. um, But I need to ask because we're a little bit into astrology, which is kind of like our own religion on the podcast in a way. <laughs> I did. So when, yeah. So when is your birthday? Uh, actually, it's Sunday, October 25th. I'm one of those... I don't know a lot about astrology, but I know I'm one of those early Scorpios. I'm not, you know, those yeah. November Scorpios. So yeah, that's pretty close to Drake. I think Drake Drake is born the day before you, or something like that. I believe so. And what is your fiance's birthday? October eighth. Oh, she's a Libra. Mm -hmm. So right there, wow, right kind of. God definitely blessed you with her because Libras <laughs> are the best. So no, you but sound I love biased that. With that. I know, I know. I'm definitely not a Libra or anything. But um, so you mentioned like the friend who set you guys up said like God showed her, you know, whatever. And I feel like like religion and dating has been coming up so much. I was just watching Justin Bieber and Chance the Rapper on Saturday Night Live doing their performance of Holy, which is like you know, a song about... I, I think like most people on the surface just think it's like a song about love and like you know, like I found someone, so I'm running to the altar, but I feel like there's a lot of like a lot of God in that too. Mm -hmm. And like, I grew up not so religious. Um, but like, do you think I've had people come on the show that like, you know, save themselves for a marriage because of God and stuff like that? Like, where to you does God play a role in like your relationships? Um, for me, it's pretty much everything. It's the foundation of pretty much my relationship and what I believe. Both of my parents are like elders and ministers in the church. Like I went to a private school from like, you know, three years old to eighth grade. Like I was in a Christian school. But um, 
to say all that, I still lived life. I had fun, had my days where I was out here, you know, just being a wild boy. But I think mm-hmm. um, for me, it was just pretty much my foundation. And I realized if I pretty much did kind of what the Bible says, that um, it wouldn't do me any harm. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's not like I had anything to lose at that point. And when I was ready to find my fiance, I was like, I'm just going to do what the Bible says. I'm going to stay focused. I'm going to not talk to all these girls and have sex with all these women and, right. you know, save myself for marriage. And that's honestly three months when I made that decision is when I started dating her. Wait, so you actually saved yourself? Yes, we're still waiting, unfortunately. No way. Okay, so what are the rules there? Like, can you do everything but? No, nothing. Nothing? So like, just kiss? Yes. And like, you could touch her boobs or something? Oh, yeah. I could touch her boobs, touch her butt, stuff like that. Uh-huh. But no, like, <gasps> oral crazy. sex. No, like, Oh, my God. But like, has she nothing. seen you naked? Yeah, we've seen each other naked before. We live together. Right. Wow, that's so, you guys have the most self control I've ever heard of personally. <laughs> like, I do not think I could ever do that, but that's pretty great. And so, what what would you do if you, you know, like you you'll get married and then you have sex and it's just like not that great? But I guess you don't have anything to compare it to, so you would think it's great, right? Well, I'm not a virgin, so uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, I didn't go through. So, with the right person, you save yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just got tired. So um, a little bit of my background, I went to a school called JMU in Harrisonburg, Virginia. I was on a football scholarship there. So I played football. And even though athletes have a stereotype, I did have fun. You know, I enjoyed myself in school. And once Mm -hmm. I got out of school, I enjoyed myself as well. But actually, I got to a point to where I got tired of it. I just got tired of just sleeping with certain women and then not even liking them enough to want them to stay the night, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just got tired of that feeling, just having that first initial attraction and infatuation. And then after that, just being like, this is not fulfilling. So I was yeah. like, if I want to find the woman I ultimately want to spend my, the rest of my life with, I always had this dream that we will fall in love with each other without ever having sex. Just so I knew that that foundation was set on something strong. Um, stronger than something physical. So I made a decision. And like I said, three months later, found her and we've been going strong like that ever since. That's amazing. And it's okay if you can't say, but is did she have a similar situation or she's like, you know, completely saved herself type thing? No, no, she's not a virgin at all. Um, she was dating somebody maybe like nine, eight or nine months before we met. and crazy enough that she had made the same decision too that I mm. did. Her decision wasn't to wait until marriage necessarily. It was waiting until like finding the person, probably wait till she was like engaged is what she was more thinking. Um, but I guess I kind of pushed it over the edge and she just went with it, which a lot of people Damn. don't always think of as the guy doing that versus like, you know, right. a woman doing that. But yeah. Why is it that you wanted to push it from engagement to marriage? In terms well, of- it was always marriage for me. Um, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to, I don't know, it was just a commitment that I made. When mm-hmm. I made it, it was, so the last time that I had sex was January, no, December 31st, 2016. Damn. I think, 2016. Wait, you guys it, have been together for four or 2017, years? 2017, 2017. So 
We've been oh, together since okay. March of 2018. Wow. Yeah. That is so beyond impressive. Are you allowed to masturbate? Yes, you can. We okay, don't, so like, like technically, it, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, so <laughs> I meant like, like okay, so obviously like on your other? own, but I meant like, yeah, like, are you allowed to masturbate like to her in the bed type thing when like you're touching yourself, but she, you're not touching her or whatever? I guess it's allowed, but we never do it or have done it, and I don't think we mm-hmm. will do it. So. Yeah. No, we don't do it. <laughs> okay. I wonder what your stance is because you mentioned, like, you know, that she's not a virgin. You said you're not a virgin. I have this debate all the time. Like, do you think that your partner needs to know how many people you've slept with? Like, do you think that's any of their business? I don't think that's relevant unless you're encountering somebody who you used to sleep with and you need to, like, give your significant other, like, a heads up or maybe a potentially awkward situation. But mm-hmm. as far as, you know, just going into a dating a relationship, I don't think you need to tell how many people you slept with or I need a specific number. I don't understand why that would be relevant in a relationship moving forward with somebody. Yeah, I, I agree. I had someone on my podcast recently who insisted that it's like you don't really know each other until you know that. And I don't know if I agree with that, but like obviously it got me thinking. I know. (laughs) Obviously it got me thinking. So I'm like, because I live with my partner too. I'm like, hey, um, like, should we know, should we know this about each other? And he's like, no, what do you mean? Like you always talk about how you don't want to know this. And I'm like, you're right. And then also I just feel like, and this is just like a me feeling. I just feel like the guy would like make it seem like it was more even if it wasn't, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Like for sure. I I don't, I don't get that at all. Uh, I think I'm with you now. It's us moving forward. What you did in the past, that doesn't really matter. Dashing through the snow. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Can you imagine if I started just singing Christmas jingles like for the rest of December slash into January because like Christmas never really ends. Anyway, this holiday season, yes, holiday, I hope that your home is filled with joy and your butthole is as clean as the fresh driven snow. No, I'm not kidding. Thanks to Hello Tushy. If you haven't heard of Hello Tushy or like a bidet in general, bidets usually cost thousands of dollars and they only are used by like rich assholes in like France. But because of you guys and Hello Tushy, we are telling you all about the Hello Tushy modern bidet attachment. And essentially, like we always talk about how awkward it is pooping with a partner. But now you can poop. First of all, you can poop with a partner and then like immediately have sex after because that's how clean your butt will be. And like what could be better than a nice clean butt after going to the bathroom? I know, gross, but everybody does it. So like get over it. Basically, the Hello Tushy bidet attachment, you just put it onto your existing toilet, no electricity or additional plumbing needed. And it's only $79. Your butt will be clean with like a little cute little stream of water. Like again, what more could you need? You're saving the planet because you're using 
less toilet paper, like 80% less toilet paper. And also that shit is expensive. I feel like since COVID happened, toilet paper is like 40 bucks. Like it was never like that before. I don't know. But I'm telling you, you will save money. You will have a cleaner butt. And it's 60-day risk-free, happy butt guarantee and a 12-month warranty. So like if your butt isn't clean enough and you really need to, you know, give it back, you can do that. Stop wiping your butt and start washing and join the millions of happy Hello Tushy customers right now. It's also a perfect gift for the holidays. Get 10% off plus free shipping right now at hellotushy.com slash Acme. That's hellotushy.com slash Acme for 10% off and free shipping. Hellotushy.com slash Acme. Like, I want to see those clean tushies. Just kidding. Please don't take pictures of them and tag me. But enjoy. All right. Back to the episode with Dre. So I was looking at your Instagram before and there were... I mean, there's so many things I want to talk about, but sadly, we only have 30 minutes. So I'm going to have to choose a few things. But you had a post on like, can you be friends with someone of the opposite sex or like, you know, the way we say it just to be inclusive is like your desired gender Mm -hmm. in a relationship. Like, can you have, you know, friends that are technically your desired gender when you're in a committed relationship? And like, how does that look? So what are your views on that? I think it's fine. Honestly, I, I think I've only been in like two serious relationships in my life. That was one in college and my fiance who I'm with now. And one thing that I do not really tolerate is just trust issues. Like we can have other issues. You can have anger issues. We can argue, but if I can't trust you, I'm not going to be with you. And if you can't trust me, um, I don't want to be with you. It's too exhausting to try to keep up with somebody and what they're doing all the time. I don't like it. So with that being said, I have a lot of female friends or friends who are women. Um, I think that you get a different dynamic sometimes with the opposite sex. I always tell people when, you know, you're pouring your heart out, if you have something you want to passionately talk about, sometimes guys don't respond the best to that. It'd be like, yeah. oh man, yeah, that's crazy. So what you're going to do to where women, they'll sit there and listen yeah, to yeah. you, they'll ask questions and, you know, they'll be more engaged to help you work through that problem. So I do have a lot of women friends. And if my fiance was insecure about that, we would have a lot of issues, but she's so secure in our relationship. There is not ever a situation or a time to where I do not include these people into our relationship. I think it's odd when you have a best friend of the opposite sex or your desired gender and they never meet meet your significant other. Mm, Yeah, that's sketchy. I think that's sketchy. And I think that also if you're always confiding in that friend, it can be a little awkward too um, because you do have that like emotional cheating type thing to where you're physically with somebody, but you're emotionally with somebody else. So that can cause issues as well. I agree. What what if you okay, so let's say you have a friend of your desired gender and you know you've been friends for a while, but like back in the day, they kind of like tried to be more than friends. You mm-hmm. never hooked up with them, but like you just like kept being their friend. And then your fiance finds that out, or like you tell them because you're very honest and open. And then they like all of a sudden like start to feel a little bit weird about your friendship now. Like, what do you do in that situation? And does the 
does your fiance have the right to be like, okay, well now this makes me a little bit uncomfortable. So I have a situation where I'm really close friends with somebody who we never actually slept together, but um, kissed and done things like that. And there was an opportunity to do that type of thing. Um, but the way I look at it, it's like that past thing. Like it was in college. So I'm like, I'm about to be 27 in a week. I was 18. You know, that was a long yeah. time ago. You know, we've all matured. Right. We've all grown up. Um, I'm in a completely different space. And throughout that time, me and the young lady stopped talking. But then in a year or two from when that incident happened, we became really close. And honestly, she looked out for me. Like she used to, when I was in college, you know, make meals, watch my dog. Like she was really Probably like a great she friend. Probably because she liked you. <laughs> no, maybe, kidding. maybe. But, um, <laughs> you know, I never... I never crossed that line. I've always been pretty good at that. Yeah. Like I never really crossed that line. And I actually introduced her to one of my friends to be in a relationship with. So she ended up talking mm. to one of my friends. Um, right. But I, I don't, I don't see that as an issue, but I always say, trust your partner. Yeah. In those type of situations. Like my fiance, she's a woman. So she has an intuition that sometimes me as a man will, will not have. So she can sense sometimes when a woman is there for a certain reason. Um, yeah. Um, and if she feels uncomfortable with it, then I'm shutting it all down. Not necessarily like, you know, right. this whole friendship, but a certain situation, if she's like, I don't, I don't think you should do that or I would make me feel yeah. uncomfortable. I wouldn't do it. No. And that's the thing. It's like, you're absolutely right. Like as women, we do have a woman's intuition and it really, it never lies. It's more like, okay, going back to the same scenario, like let's say, uh, you know, your fiance trusts you completely, but this other woman like is not friendly to you. Mm-hmm. Like that's when it becomes like sus yeah. because like if it were reverse and my, I had a really good like guy friend and my boyfriend was like, Hey, like Tom is never like tried with me or like, he kind of like shuts me down when I try to like connect with him. Then I'd be like, Oh, that's like a turnoff to me. To, for him as a friend. friend like then yeah. I'm like, then why do I want to be friends with this person if they're not like making an effort with my partner? Like forget our friendship. Like my partner is what's more important. So then like things change a little bit, but. No, nah, I definitely um, agree. Yeah. Another thing that you had a video about, which is such an important topic and I'm really excited to talk to like the male perspective about it is dating a woman that makes more money. I always hear like guys are like, oh yeah, that's totally fine with me. Like I'm so about that. And then they're not like when it comes down (laughs) to it. And I actually saw um, an episode of this show on Netflix Mm -hmm. called Easy. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's like been around for a while. You should check it out. But the first episode of the first season, it opens with these couples talking about like the woman works and the dad is like a stay-at-home dad. And they're talking about how you have much less sex if the man in like a heterosexual relationship is the one who like stays at home with the kids because like the woman just doesn't see them as like this sexy person who like goes out and like is like hustling and working and and whatnot. And like, I don't know the statistics behind it and if it's really a fact, but I thought it was really interesting that like, even if a man is fine with a woman making more than him, they may not end up like, having as much sex and like being as happy at the end of the day. But what do you think about that? I always think that most women probably don't care if the situation is right. 
Uh, I just think a woman doesn't want to feel like they have to take care of their man. Yeah. That, you know, if you, you know, if I choose to be a teacher and you want to be, I don't know, in the medical field or you, you are maybe an accountant or computer information systems, even if we reach the same level title wise, you'll end up making more than me. But I don't think coming into a relationship, you should be able to have your own place by yourself. If you're a man, you should be able to have your own car. You should be able to pay your own bills. You shouldn't be looking to your woman to provide for you. And I think if you come into a relationship already established and already, you know, you can travel, you can do things for her, you can treat her to dinner. Even in the beginning of the relationship, she may not even know that she makes more money than you because you have all of your stuff established and taken care of. I think the issue comes is when sometimes I think men are afraid of the responsibility or the challenge that some women put on some men. Cause I see that some women, sometimes they lo- love a man, but they want to see him do better. So they try to challenge him. But then once he gets challenged, he kind of is scared of that. So he kind of runs away from that situation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That can be tough. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that can be. What tough. do you think? What do you think about it, like changing the sexual dynamic though? Like, do you think, I mean, and I know right now, like you're not having sex, but like imagining that like you're, you know, married with kids now and like you choose to stay home and like your wife goes out, like, do you feel like your sexual confidence could be affected by that? Yeah, I think so. But I think sometimes um, as I read and research on relationships, we're all connected by these like emotional ties that we have with one another. And it's our job just even in the small times in our relationships to strengthen those. So I feel like sometimes, even though it sounds, it sucks sometimes for women, but sometimes you have to play to a man's ego. You have to make him feel like he's needed or make them feel like, you know, he's valuable. If he feels invaluable or feels like he's not needed in a relationship, then it's going to affect his ego and affect the way that he communicates and affect the way that he acts in your relationship. So at any point, I see a lot of women who are independent and strong and they make good money, but they always are reminding the man how much they don't need him to do whatever they need to do. And it's like, if you keep reminding somebody of that, that's going to affect their, you know, actions on a daily basis. So at any time you can, even if it's simple, like, you know, I can't open this jar, can you open it for me? Like, let him know, do certain actions to let him know that you need him there. And I feel like that will help with, you know, the relationship and maybe even sexually having that confidence and not feeling so, you know, uh, put down by his position in the relationship. It's true. It's just like, there's such a fine line between like making your partner feel needed And then like, there's like really the opposite, which is like babying them. And like, it's so hard to find a middle ground. (laughs) Like, it's so hard. Like, I feel like with my, like in my last relationship, I was very much like babying them. And now I'm like, I'm in my current relationship. I feel like I've, I've hit a middle ground where like, I can like, you know, scratch your back and like, make you feel like, do like the kind of motherly vibe without like actually babying them. Mm -hmm. And then there are times where like, I need you, like I need help with like stocks. Like, I don't know what to invest in. Like, can you help (laughs) me? Like that kind of thing, you know? But if you're doing too much of the babying, like so many women will write in and be like, I feel like I'm like taking care of him. Then like, that's, that's not good. Cause like you already are gonna, you know, hopefully have a kid and you shouldn't have to take care of your husband too. Yeah, for sure. 
One last question, and then I want to ask you some rapid fire poll questions. Okay. Um, someone asked if if you're doomed if your partner is really into health and fitness and you're not. I feel like this comes up a lot with couples, especially like in today's world. Like it's very trendy to like, you know, be like vegetarian or like, you know, work out all the time. Like, what do you think? I've seen it work in some situations that it not work. I think that it will be difficult, I, I believe, because when I see the people that are really into health and fitness, it's a lifestyle thing, you know, it, and, and it kind of consumes a lifestyle. And if they see you not working as hard as they're working on, you know, their physical, and it's kind of like almost what we had said when you said about astrology, about it being religious, like, like when people are really into health and fitness, it's religious, like, and if you don't share their same view sometimes on the health, your body and treating your body right. And, you know, how you should eat healthy and diet. Like, I feel like that can cause issues a lot of times in relationships. I think it's important to be aligned on uh, certain things in your relationship. And if that's a huge factor of your life, I think that you should try to find somebody who is aligned with that part of your life. Yeah, I agree. Okay. I'm going to ask you some poll questions. Okay. And it's going to be really tempting for you to explain your answers, but I need you to just say like, yes or no, or whatever the two options are. Okay. Okay. How much should someone spend on an engagement ring? Less than 15K or more than 15K? Less than 15K. Just less or more? Less. Okay. Okay. So on the piggybacking on that, should an engagement ring cost three months of someone's salary? Yes or no? No. Okay. You and your friend have a falling out. Do other mutual friends pick sides? Yes or no? No. Do you tell friends slash family before or after you decide to break up with someone? After. Good job, by the way. You're doing really well. I know it's hard (laughs) to not explain the answers. Do you have a right to be annoyed if your partner RSVPs to a wedding for you both without telling you? Yes. <laughs> for sure. Wait, I know I know I'm like breaking my own rule, but I feel like no because like if you get invited to a wedding and that person is important to your partner, they should be important to you and therefore like you're a unit and you're a team and you're going to that fucking wedding. Excuse my French. <laughs> So you're like, you're going whether you want to. Yeah, it's like, it's like you signed up for this relationship. You signed up to go to my friend's wedding. Okay, so you just got to be ready for that in return for some things you don't want to no, do. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. <laughs> I guess, I guess like I would, I would tell them, but I wouldn't ask them permission. Like I'd be like, we got invited to Sandy's wedding. I'm going to say yes. And then like, there's their opportunity to be like, I don't like Sandy. I don't want to go to her wedding. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's open this discussion. (laughs) You'll end up getting your way anyway. I hope so. (laughs) On a dating app. Okay. So imagine, I guess you're on dating apps. Are you Mm. more likely to, to talk to someone that has a more focused profile about what they're looking for or someone that's just like fun and sociable? More focused. Hmm. Interesting. I feel like you're in the minority on that one. Because like people just like, you know, like sometimes it can be intimidating to see like, I'm just looking for a woman, like someone who's ready for marriage. Like I'm trying to walk down the aisle in June 2021. Like oh, that can you mean scare like people. that? Like, oh, got you, got you, got you. No, I can see that. I can definitely see that. You know? 
Okay. Well, this is, this is a good one for you. Is it a deal breaker if they want to wait to have sex until exclusive? No. Mm -hmm. Before a first date, did you think about the answer to common questions? Like what's your favorite movie or favorite restaurants in case the question comes up? Or do you think you should just roll with it? Just roll with it. Yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. I don't if know if people do that. <laughs> yeah, people with anxiety, for sure. <laughs> um, if your significant other's ex is absolutely nothing like you, like opposite looks, ambition level, personality, should it set off alarm bells? Or is it just that they hadn't met anyone like you? I would choose the second one. Okay, that they I just agree. haven't met someone like you. If they flake on your date without a reschedule plan, are they not into you? <clears throat> That's a hard one. I would just go yes. Yeah. Like, it's not that hard to be like, how's Wednesday instead? Yeah. Um, you've been on four dates with someone and you get along well and they remember stuff you tell them. But at a certain point, it feels like they're not listening slash teasing you about the stuff you say in a joking way. Is this a red flag? No. Yeah, maybe that's like the way they flirt. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's like for you if you don't like it. Very true. You have to communicate that those things might be offensive or, you know, you take them some way about it for sure. Yeah, I feel like you have to over communicate in the beginning because if you let things slide, then like later you're going to seem naggy. But like up front, it's less naggy. Mm -hmm. Is it ever possible to have an amicable post breakup chat without moving backwards? Yes. You go on a date with someone who says there's a 95% chance they're moving in the next few weeks. Pursue them, yes or no? For a serious relationship? Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, that's tough. <laughs> Your partner's friends are almost all of their desired gender. Is that a red flag or a deal breaker? Like no friends of the same gender. A red flag or a deal breaker. So mm-hmm. it's bad either way. Um, I would say a red flag. Is it a red flag or a deal breaker on a second date if they mention you would have cute kids? Red flag. <laughs> I agree. I don't think it's a deal breaker. It's like, it's like relax, slow your roll, but like. I've had that happen and it did not end well. So maybe. (laughs) Oh my God. That's like how to lose a guy in 10 days. I don't know if you've seen that movie. Yeah. I Um, feel like sometimes you hear it and you just like, oh, they're joking or, you know, but sometimes people be like really serious about that. (laughs) Oh my God. That's scary. It's also not a reason to be with someone because your babies would be cute. Exactly. Um, when is it normal to stop comparing yourself to your partner's exes? Around a year or never? Around a year. Yeah, but like it's possible never is the answer to that for so many people. Comparing yourself to your partner's ex? I don't think I've ever... I don't know. I guess maybe it's a little bit too much confidence in myself and what I bring to the table that I'm like, yeah. you know, I think I'm better than the person that you dated. No, so. totally. And I agree. Like I... I think it's more like if if this is an ex that rejected your partner as opposed to your partner being the one to end it, it's easier to compare to them 
because you're like, okay, they didn't want my partner and maybe my partner still wanted them or like still had a feeling like they were good for them, Mm -hmm. you know, which like would be harder, I think. When you said that, it made me think of something which I don't know if you talked about it on your show before, but I remember my fiance said to me one time, you're the first person that I've ever, ever been with that I feel like I'm lucky to be with you. Oh, versus yeah. like feeling like they're lucky to be with me. And I feel like I've like seen that in relationships and like I want to really study that dynamic of people who feel like they're lucky to be with the person that they're with or people who feel like this person is lucky to be with me. Like That's so true. But you know, can right? it be can it be both? Like I feel like I'm lucky to be with my partner, but I also feel like he's lucky to be with me. Uh yeah, I guess it can be both. I guess it can mm-hmm. be both. I guess initially in my relationship, like my fiance bought a lot of like baggage to the table at the time, like she, her business wasn't going well. So financially she wasn't doing well. She had a lot of debt. She had, you know, she's, you know, she bought a lot of stuff and like, basically I just took that role, told her she could move in with me, help to take care of bills, you know, stuff like that. So I think when she looked at it, she was like, you know, normally I've been with men and they've been lucky to have me, but this is the first time. And I think initially I was like, yo, you know, she's kind of lucky she has me in this relationship. Um, But honestly, I wouldn't be where I am without her. So I'm lucky to have her. But I think initially sometimes you have those like different dynamics, which is interesting. Yeah, that's fair. I think like it should ebb and flow. Like you should both feel lucky at certain points. Like Mm -hmm. I think overall, if I had to pinpoint who should feel luckier most of the time, I think it should be the guy. It is the guy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But who knows? Okay. So Dre, we like to end the podcast with a quote or piece of advice that can help people listening or maybe that has helped you in the past. Oh man, put me right on the spot, huh? (laughs) um let me see i think a quote that has helped me is well i can go with a quote that it doesn't have to be about relationships right no definitely not okay um so i'll never forget this one of my coaches in college he was talking to another coach and they was arguing and then he turned back and told us he said the man that doesn't know what he doesn't know is a dangerous man and that always stuck with me and basically what you're saying is that it's okay not to know things. Um, right. If, you know, you're saying like, hey, Dre, can you change the engine in my car? And I'm like, I don't know how to do that. No harm is done. But you really do damage when you don't know what you don't know, you know, and you try mm. to act like you know things that you don't know. That's when the real damage occurs. So um, that's always stuck with me that it's okay not to know things as long as you yeah. communicate that. Yeah, I love that. And like, that's also that goes for work too. Like, don't pretend mm-hmm. you know how to make that Excel spreadsheet because like, you're going to end up screwed. <laughs> for sure. I love it. Where can everyone find you and follow you and uh, potentially sign up for some dating coaching? Uh, you can go to my Instagram at Smith, And through my link tree, you can do uh, sign up for relationship coaching or anything like that. But also check out me and my fiance's YouTube called worth the wait there you can see like our wedding uh, our our engagement video when i proposed to her and we're like doing we give advice have vlogs and all that stuff like that we have around thirty thousand subscribers on youtube so make sure you go check it out 
It's a lot of fun. That's so cute. I'm going to go watch the engagement video right now. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of work to put that together. Uh, I'm excited. Thank you so much, Trey. <laughs> no problem. Thank you for having me.